Hey, how's it going, Champagne Sharks? Hope everyone's doing well. Just wanted to uh, do some quick house cleaning, let people know. Go to ChampagneSharks.com and you get access to all the links related to Champagne Sharks. You can go there and find it all. And you can find where we are on social media, our products, all that stuff. Also, Patreon benefits, which includes Discord server, book club night, movie night discussions, show notes, newsletter, and most importantly, bonus episodes. So definitely become a patron for $5 a month at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. And without further ado, here is the episode. Take care. Hey, how's it going? This is Champagne Sharks. This is uh, Trevor. And we have with us Kenny and Mario uh, going in alphabetical order. So I'll let uh, Kenny introduce himself first and where to find him. What's up, everybody? Um, hope everybody's doing pretty well. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at VictorySlap4700. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Yeah. And uh, Mario, just let people know where you are. What's going on, everybody? This is Mario. You can find me on Twitter at mdmills 79 at mdmills 79 Yeah, and uh, we have our uh, special guest, Adam Thomas. Uh, Adam, have you been on the show before? I feel like you have. This is not your first time, is it? No, I was on the YouTube show. I no, 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 no. I know you're on the YouTube, but is this the first time you were on like the uh, proper show? Yeah, first time I've... Oh, that's oh, that's criminal. That's criminal. It's way too long. I can't believe it took this long. Hmm. Yeah, Adam was Adam was on the show we did on election night. Yeah, that was what four years ago. No, I'll always remember his YouTube episode because he had the hands down the funniest comment. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was yeah. <laughs> that was classic. Where, yeah, where, where you said uh, Roland Martin's uh, why is it Roland Martin's face or neck looks like the. The end of a hot dog. His face looked like the end of a hot dog. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget that he was on the uh, live stream because that joke was hands down to this day, the funniest joke ever said. It, it was the podcast that I needed. Uh, yeah. I would uh, throw myself off a bridge if I ever forgot uh, that he was on the live stream because that, that was hands down the funniest. I think we couldn't talk for like five minutes. Yeah. We, we could, yeah, because it was late. It was late at night, too. Oh, wait. Is that. Oh, uh, and that one you weren't even on the show. You were in the chat, and then we had he you was in the, the chat. Show. Yeah, we had you in the show after that show. one. Yeah, we had you in the show after that one. But yeah, I'll never forget that one. That was that was hilarious. But wasn't wasn't that election night? Was that election night? I can't remember to be honest, man. It was like four. It was during the pandemic. Yo, so that yo, was a while ago. Pan pandemic is like an alternate uh, reality. It feels like you know when you wake up from a dream, and the longer you're away from the dream, the more you you forget of it. That's what pandemic feels like. I remember yeah. some streaming some clubhouse and yeah. this weird shit. And it just feels like a weird dream. The, the pandemic clubhouse was the absolute worst. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm ashamed that I ever had anything to do with clubhouse. I ever was on it. That thing was, uh, the absolute bottom of, uh, what social media could be. Yeah. And we were on there. We were on there trying to be civilized with people. And it, it almost felt like if you could listen to Twitter, that's what clubhouse was like. Oh my God. It was so weird hearing people talk. The way yeah. people tweet, like, you know, it's like, you know, I'm just trying to hold space and, um, you know, be in community with people. And I just want to say, blah, blah. it was kind of like that um, skit that I sent you today, today where the guy just keeps repeating the same gibberish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In fact, should, should I play that? It's it's a little bit long, but it's kind of funny. Uh, the guy was talking about what is uh, this guy made a skit. He was the one that made that thing about being trans white. Uh, a couple of years ago, and he <laughs> and he appeared in Atlanta. He'd totally be canceled today if he made that same uh, joke. But he made this joke about he made this thing about uh, how there's always one woke guy in the, on the on a pod on every podcast nowadays, and he makes absolutely no sense. Oh um, yeah, hold on, let me see if I could find it and play it. That's like here. listening to Joe Button today. I don't listen to his podcast, but I've seen that clip floating around, and him and that other guy's like yelling and shit. I'm like, damn, is this what they do every show? Oh, I didn't see that, but people like Joe Button's drama. But but this is a different kind of problem. This is the person that just uses uh okay, there's this thing called dead internet theory. And the dead internet theory is interesting, right? Because the dead internet theory claims that within a couple of years, the internet will be dead because it'll be all it'll be like 80% bots and artificial intelligence. Yeah. And I was like, yo, the internet's already dead. It's already because, dead, yeah. Because the humans have already become bots and AI. Like, you don't have to wait for the actual, literal AI and bots to ruin it because the humans already are. Because uh, the people already talk and process like a bot or AI. What I mean is, 
a bot has like a certain amount of pre-programmed responses to say to everything. And AI basically takes, it scours everything that's been said already and tries to make a new version of it, you know, but neither are capable of actual independent uh, thought. And like the last couple of times I was on Twitter, like I just noticed, right? People will respond with things just because it certainly saw somebody else say. So it's like, let me just say this and see if it works. Like um, you'll, you'll be giving somebody that work on Twitter and then just say, yeah, I think like you have reading comprehension problems. And then you'd be like, huh? Like, what did I actually get wrong in what you said? And they're like, it's not my job to educate you. Uh, you know, I'm meeting you now. <laughs> it's like, wait, none Google of that actually. Yeah, Google is free. Like, none of that actually relates to anything being said. You're just throwing out stuff. Like, like, like someone says something crazy. And it's not the hardest thing to understand. And you'll be like, well, that makes no sense because of X, Y, and Z. And you give them data and they'll be like, um, yeah, you know, you don't understand what I'm trying to say. That's bot response number one. Uh, whenever you disagree with someone, they say that you can't understand or you don't get what they're trying to say. Even though you clearly get it, you just don't agree with it. Then it's like reading comprehension. Then it's like Google's free. Then it's like, um, oh, it's out of context. You missed the context. And it's like, okay, what out of the context did I miss? And then it's like, you know what? I'm muting you now because you're doing violence on me. And it's okay. <laughs> you're doing violence on me. All seven of these things you said were just, you're running down a list. Like none of them had to do with reality. None of them actually had to do with, you didn't even think to think, hey, does this actually make sense? What I'm saying? Does it actually relate to the interaction I'm having? It's like, no, you just move like a bot. And then you just say things that you've seen a hundred people say before. And this is the average of, you know, what you've seen. I'm like, that's artificial intelligence. I'm like, we're already in the dead internet. Like, we don't need, we don't need the actual literal. Well, that's why bots, AI. when you're online, that's why when you see certain bots, you'd be like, wait, is this a real person or is it, what the hell? I think, you, I think you, the bots you, make you, more sense now. Like, I think I'd rather talk to an actual bot than somebody. Yeah, you have to, you have to look at it a couple of times. You'd be like, that's, oh, okay. Because what they, you know, what bots are going to do is they're just going to mimic what other people say. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's yeah. That's exactly what it, that's all it is. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I think the right now the AI is working better than humans. Confirmed. I'm sorry. Was that Adam? Sorry, I cut you off. Bots don't need to be affirmed. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Exactly. And also, I think the bots are under like greater scrutiny. Like, you know, if the bot behaves remotely like uh, these humans, someone be like, "I'm losing my job. I gotta make this make more sense." But you know, the human bots, you know, there's no quality control on them. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a a bot policing itself, so it could be as stupid as it wants to be. Like, you know, there's no standard for the human bot. You know, like right. So I think it's not going to be long, if not already, where the human bots actually make more sense than the... Sorry, where the literal bots make more sense than the human bots. Because, uh, yeah, these these human bots actually would not pass the artificial intelligence threshold. Like, if if an artificial intelligence uh, was on the level of these humans and the programmers saw it, they'd be like, oh, shit, we got to scrap this. Like, this is not remotely like a human being, except nowadays it, it really is. But anyway, Adam, tell the people... Who you are you're one of the funniest people on twitter because whenever i see a really stupid uh comment you usually <laughs> under it like <laughs> clowning somebody oh just people make i don't know people are stupid uh who am i um so hi i'm adam um right now i guess i could call myself a creative person i direct theater somehow and i write stuff and i make nonsense on twitter so uh, if you want to find me in my nonsense, uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Honorable At. Yeah, and you be a clown of people. Like it's really, it's really funny. Like there's some people on Twitter who are really good that I get tempted. Like I wish I was back on it, or I just had to stay because they were so good. But the dumb people just so outnumbered. It just wasn't, which wasn't worth it. Like you know, but uh, like Twitter was, wasn't Twitter wasn't all bad. I feel like Adam was one of the uh, bright spots of Twitter. What's well, just this thing where sometimes the the bad outweighs the good so much yeah. that you're like, you know what? It's just not, you know, like right now today, everybody's whining about the 49ers uh, player's <laughs> wife is making jackets. And now everybody wants to fucking, everybody so fucking, fucking whine about this shit. It's so fucking stupid. I'm going to tell you right now that people don't know this and I'm never going to tell them. Yeah, Adam, you'll know. But you probably I knew this already, but a lot of these ideas I get, I get them from T. <laughs> Because I'll show some something to TNT, be like, yeah, but wait a minute, da, 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 and he'll break it down. I'm like, you know what? You're fucking right. These motherfuckers, because I didn't know that 
Carl Banks and uh, Big Rube had anything. I knew who Big Rube was because of Mitchell and Ness. You know what I'm saying? I watch sports. We know. But I didn't know that they're the ones that start the jersey dress. So in my brain, I'm like, you motherfuckers are whining, but you didn't even do the research. Like, you don't even care. Like, you just wanted to whine because this dude's wife got the NFL license. But there's all these other Black-owned companies that have an NFL license that you don't fuck with. You don't oh, support them. You yeah, know what yeah. For one of the funniest things for people who don't know, um, her first name is Kristen. I, I never know how to pronounce that. I that, can't pronounce the last name, but he, that, he wears that, number forty four for the 49ers. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, just Justizic. Maybe I'm getting it wrong, but Kristen Justizic. Uh, yeah. And she was making these repurposed. Uh, she takes these things like she take a football and make a corset out of it. Yeah. And it'll look uh, fly. And she'll, she made this um, vest for Simone Biles where she took her husband's jersey and turned it into like a, a bubble puffer vest. And that shit looked fly. It shit dope, yeah. Yeah, and these people were all saying, y'all stole that from black women. Black women been doing this from 2000s. And that was like, and they were giving examples. And they put like my Mariah Carey at the All-Star game when she was looking fine in that dress, singing the, the anthem and everything. I remember a, everyone... A, a Mitchell and Ness dress. What was that? A Mitchell and Ness oh, yeah, dress. Yeah, 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 exactly. And and they were like, this is proof that black women created the, the style. And they put like these different black women wearing it. I'm like, those are like celebrities. Like, do you think do you think Destiny's Child actually was deconstructing jerseys and resewing them or <laughs> Mariah Carey? But the other thing is, 90% of the time, y'all on, on the internet now have this new rule that uh, biracials aren't black. Whenever you need them to score a point, whether it's like Meghan Markle or uh, Mariah Carey, y'all look at the whitest biracial and turn her into Lupita Nyong'o. Like, like suddenly she's, uh, you know, uh, straight from the bush. You know, it's, it's like, so now, okay, now Mariah Carey's black again because you needed to prove that, you know, black women invented the style. But it's like, Mariah Carey, she brought that off the rack. That that thing was in the stores. Like these Literally. people, yeah, we're not. Uh, so I was like, where did they get this idea that black women actually invented this thing? So like you know, I double checked because I remember them in the store and Reebok. Oh yeah, Reebok carried them. But I looked into it and there was a a black guy who worked for uh, Mitchell Ness who did it first in two thousand one, and uh, he had. And you remember in the two thousands, uh, the jerseys were so oversized. Um, oh yeah. I always thought that they made those um jersey dresses um uh, totally original because I'm like there's no way it could be a repurposed jersey because it's just too long. But I forgot. I didn't really think that. Oh wait a minute. Back then dudes were wearing like quadruple X. I don't know what dudes were doing. Dude, well, and, dudes and this were... is a, and this is another thing. I don't know how Adam is, but I'm guessing he's hovering around our age. Um if you saw the Mariah Carey dress or any of those jersey dresses, you better be at least 40 years old or I'm not taking shit you say serious. <laughs> that was 20-something years ago, dude. I was, yeah. I was 19, 20 years old. And she, that was 2001 when Mariah Carey wore that dress because Jordan was playing for the Wizards. So you better be 40 years old or I know you just pulling pictures off Google Images and just talking shit. And when I read that article last night, they didn't mention Carl Banks. They didn't nope. mention Big Rube. They didn't mention none of that. They just started going on this rant about how black women started it and created it. And I'm like, nah, that ain't how it worked. But you know how it goes. Even if you provide the information, they don't care because you've already, they've tilted the bandwagon going one way, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's all about that affirmation shit. Yeah, yeah totally. You know, it's, it's all being affirmed. I don't care about history. I don't care. I just want to feel good. So yeah, black women did this. I, I don't right. even care about this. This could be anything. Yeah, totally. You're not into sports. You don't care about uh, Georgia dresses because if you did, you'd realize that they've been in stores nonstop. Uh, nonstop, and, yeah. And and uh, Carl Banks has his on the NBA website, and they're in Nordstrom. Like, so a black man has been making these things like forever, and you guys didn't care. You guys didn't even notice things. Carl uh, Banks, and this is about Carl Banks, man. Carl Banks actually brought Starter back. That part I didn't know. Starter was dead. I remember he went on Combat Jack. This had to have been 2015 because Combat Jack died in what, 2019, 2018? This had to be 2015, 2016. He went on Combat Jack with April Walker and he was doing a partnership with April Walker and they made Raider jackets. But it was specifically for Walker wear made by Starter. So he brought Starter back. He's always been in the apparel business since he retired. But nobody, they don't even support April Walker. Okay. 
And she makes women stuff all the time. She's had an NFL license before. They don't support any, they don't care. You know what I'm saying? It's just all about who can tell the best lie and who can bullshit the most. So when I seen that, I was just like, you know what? And I'm not mad about it. I just know they're full of shit. And you know me, I always say niggas always lie on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? So I know they're lying. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, you know what? I know this is bullshit because the brother Eric Manuel, he got an MLB license. The brother that owns Amamanir and, and Union, he had an NFL license. Born Raised, which is black and Mexican owned. They got an NFL license. They put NFL apparel every year. Y'all motherfuckers don't support nothing. Shut up. And I'm full of and, shit. And the other thing is, like, um, there was this new girl that's out who has been doing something closer to what Kristen um, Jasizic has been doing, which is yeah. okay. Like, for example, the um, those jersey dresses and whatever, they're just taking extra long two thousand jerseys, and again. I had no idea that those jerseys were actually really re repurposed jerseys because I forgot how much material uh, dudes were putting on their clothes back in 2000. <laughs> yeah. Like, like uh, there wasn't even people humanly big enough to wear clothes that big. Those motherfuckers but, was nightgowns, man. Yeah. So there was enough material to actually make a a, a long maxi dress, you know, basically. Uh, but um, there's this new black woman who's actually doing something closer to what... Uh, Kristen Jasizic is doing, which is she's actually taking like sneakers, footballs, um, yeah. and and uh, jerseys and whatever, and actually taking them apart and reconstructing uh, new clothes with them. But the problem with her, like, okay, first off, the idea that black women invented this style is not true. But someone can say, oh, but this very new, the very new version of people taking it apart and putting it back together. That part is new. But the problem with that is, number one, that woman has celebrity clients. She's done stuff for like Beyonce. She's done stuff for Ciara, for Cardi B, for Dreezy the rapper. So it's not like she's starving. People are acting like, oh, like, you know, this woman's starving and this white woman's uh, uh, eating off the plate, you know, and getting all the bread. But uh, this woman has been doing okay. But the problem is she does the thought pocket version. Like her stuff looks like, you know, either some dominatrix bustier or it has like, uh, it's like sh totally shredded. Like it's stuff that's made for like uh, Magic City. It's made for um, <laughs> Magic City. It's made for the city girls. It's made for it's stuff that the NFL is not going to give you a license to make. Yeah, exactly. Like the NFL is the league full of degenerates, but their image is like family friendly. Like it's, it's kind of weird. It's Disney. Like, yeah. The NFL is Disney, but inside Disney, there's a bunch of maniacs running around. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, the NFL is full of degenerates, but the NFL brass wants uh, a very uh, respectable image. And even the sexiest stuff that this Kristen, just, just as a woman does, right, it still looks tasteful. Whereas um, the stuff that this other girl does, like, uh, Ciara... Cardi B and people like that, they uh, don't mind pushing the thought boundary. You know, like even though some of them are married with kids, they still like, you know, just a certain way. A regular average woman, A, doesn't have the body, but B, doesn't have the um, uh, desire to wear that kind of crazy shit. Like this shit is for the club, it's for Instagram, it's for... Um, looking like a thought pocket it's it's and not and if you look at the yeah. you look at the uh the dresses that carl banks makes that's on the nba website you can look at them and tell like they're not they're very, shit. They're very <laughs> tasteful too carl banks yeah. ones are very tasteful they're in nordstrom like this woman was never in the conversation to get put on by the nba and i'm not saying racism in business doesn't exist it totally does i'm not even averse to the idea that if this woman did do it as tastefully as this white woman she would have been overlooked in favor of you know this white woman because of her race and her connections to the team i'm not against that i'm just saying the examples y'all are using are bad examples those aren't the ones that are gonna win this argument for you like you know uh, the nfl is not putting cardi b type attire like some of the stuff this woman had it was like uh uh lingerie type of stuff or like um really crazy stuff that you cannot wear anywhere whereas yeah. this woman's stuff you know, it's like a, a belly shirt, but with a puffer jacket. It's the kind of stuff like a regular woman could wear. Yeah. I mean, like if you go to an NFL game or if you go to any place the NFL is represented, ain't nobody busting it wide open 
Yeah. Oh, no. you know, blasting uh, home music, right? They have a, I think what, what's funny about the whole affirmation thing is that it shows how selfish people are, are self-centered. Like we're talking about people who never watch the NFL, never buy anything from the NFL. If I go to their closets, there's no NFL apparel. Nope. Right? But then they're screaming about, oh, it's black, black one. Affirm me, affirm me, affirm me, right? These people not only don't care about the NFL, they don't care about black women. They don't care. No. It's about themselves. They don't actually care about black women or anything. They just care. They're reliving the prom or the workplace, you know, and whatever. They're reliving some kind of personal thing they have with a white woman uh, using this. The funniest thing about these people, a lot of these people that are complaining, they probably don't really even leave the house anyway. <laughs> no, they're they're on Twitter too much. Yeah, they just tweet. They're, they're tweeting their fantasies away. Like, I would wear... No, you wouldn't. You don't leave. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and a lot of them are already trying to pressure this woman, like, she wants to make this right. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, what do we make this right? <laughs> who, who are you just to make this right with? Like, get get over yourself. Like, like she wants to make, crack me. I'm like, who the yeah, fuck are you? Yeah, she's like, if, if she wants to make this right, she needs to hire uh, black women to work with her. She needs to put this black woman on. It's like, what are you even talking about? First off, there's black women who are doing this, making money. You know what I'm saying? Like, who are doing okay. But see, like, but that's the that's the way the the whole BLM 2014 to 2024 era warped a lot of people's brains because yeah. they think that it's normal to try to tell somebody browbeaten victim bully and make them give you something even though you don't deserve it. Yeah. And, and it's, it's become the norm it's been a, it become a normalized way of thing which leads into pretty much one of my talking points about these shows that we'll be talking about. You know what I'm saying? That- it's, I started calling I started calling them job fair blacks. <laughs> I was looking for a new word to call these people because the blue checks are gone. Yeah. And I think it's one of the worst things that Elon did to Twitter was that um the blue checks were an easy shorthand to recognize a certain type of dumbass. Like like when you were following a conversation or a thread and something really stupid was said, uh very stupid but very liberal. And then you would look and see, oh, this is a blue check. Okay, I know I'm gonna click this person's bio. There's gonna be like 50 magazines uh, in their bio for bylines, or they're going to say that they're a screenwriter somewhere, or they work, or they edit like, you know, a newspaper and you know, okay, this is, this is a, a weird media black person. Yeah. But now he kind of took that away and it took away a lot of context from conversations, you know, cause now a blue check is like some weird Elon fan, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah. I like the way it was before. I'm like, I need a new phrase to call these people. I start calling them job fair blacks because they're people who, no matter what, no matter what the real world problem is, their solution is always a black person who's not on the bottom uh, getting a job uh, with the white company. That that's a solution to everything. Like 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 uh, George Floyd gets kneeled on, and they're like, you know, this is why we need black people in the C suite. Like what? What the fuck? Is <laughs> this, this is why we need yeah. black people at the police department. This is yeah. why we need black people at Northrop Grumman. This is why we need black people. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Like, Yo, it's the worst. The worst. It always boils down to like some talented 10th type shit. Yeah, the world to them is just a giant cosmic job fair. And if you just get enough black people uh, cushy jobs, that's going to solve every problem on earth to them. They find a way to make everything about getting black people in their in their circles jobs. Not like, not even like blue collar. Like they're trying to get people into bus driver jobs or no 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 no, no. Hell no definitely stuff not those help. jobs. Oh, yes. of course not. Of yeah, course never not. stuff that's going to help actual like struggling black people like get social mobility. It's always like somebody with a degree who's like high up and they're ready in the work in the corporate world or whatever. It's yeah, yeah, consulting jobs, stuff like that. We need a head of diversity. If we could just hire uh, this this uh, uh, backshot seventy eight as our <laughs> as our chief diversity officer, I think we could really make a difference in racism. Shut the fuck up! Yeah, it's the worst. <laughs> like, 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 what the worst? Seventy eight. <laughs> one of the worst. One of the worst job fair black moments was uh, when uh, Michael. You ever? You guys ever see Michael B. Jordan attend a Black Lives Matter rally right after um, George Floyd died? No, no. Oh man, hold on. Y'all gotta look at this. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. He shows up at this Black Lives Matter rally. This is like three years ago. This is fresh. Like the knee print is still on George Floyd's neck. This is our, this is our fresh. 
this is. It's like I'm I'm never I'm never gonna forgive Tombs for making me listen to uh and watch all of this shit in preparation for an episode. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never forget. I'm never gonna forgive him because between him and Nate Parker, I don't. I, I don't remember who. All that like crew. They all have very nasty fucking movies, man. And it, it's all kind of backbending white. Like we love white people. Please give us a job. Please right. give me a job. Please give me a job. Yeah, Nate Parker. Nate, Nate Parker really got us with that last. What was that movie oh, called? Oh, Ameri- American Son or something. What was it called? No, it was the Nat Turner movie. No, no, no. He had one after that. That oh, that the, oh, that oh, the one where he's like he's a, he goes to the police station. Yeah, two yeah. That. Oh yeah, that that was hot. That <laughs> was hot. Horrible man, bro. That was that that man. That movie was a hate crime. Oh man, oh, that was so. He bad. ain't been heard from since. Nor should he. That that was a disgrace. I I regretted ever supporting that guy. I was like, this is the worst thing. Yeah. Ever. And I was uh, trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? I thought because you know how everything went down with uh with the birth of a nation. You know that whole controversy that popped up out of nowhere, and some of the some of the conversations that were happening around that. I'm like, all right, I, I can, you know, I'm gonna give the brother a chance, but man, <laughs> I watched that movie with my son, bro, and we were just sitting up here shaking our heads, man. That movie is a teachable moment for your son, but for, in all the wrong ways. Like, 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 let me sit, let me sit you down, and tell you why all this is just totally fucked up. Let me say. <laughs> well, no, we thought we thought he was running up in there, really about to do something. You know? Oh what yeah, I mean? like, yeah. That's the kind of movie we thought that it was, but. That, uh, uh, it uh, turned out that the was all it was. Like, well, I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying after, I'm saying after it was over, you could talk to him about, okay, this is why he, this movie's bad. This is like, uh, <laughs> hey, after it was over, I was trying to figure out what the uh, hell was going on, <laughs> so I couldn't have that conversation. Uh, that uh, 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 Rebellion's uh, all about joining the Union Army, guys. Oh That's- yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't have him have the the, oh, the wow. kid try to vote, even though it wasn't uh, happening at that time. Just like I, I felt like it was very much like the the kid joining the Union Army was very much like uh, the right way to get over the right way to get justice is within the system. Like I felt like mm-hmm. him joining the Union Army was like an analog for voting. You know what I mean? Like it just felt mm-hmm. very shit, Libby. But okay, this is in L.A. He shows to the Black Lives Matter thing. First off. I should have known his speech was going to be fucked up because his hairline was. Oh my was god! Way you got you, you have to Joshua describe hairline. how he looks and what he's wearing because this it won't give it justice without that description. Yeah, he's he has this kind of Steve Harvey mustache. Like like all the signs are there is going to be bad speech, and he has his afro, but the afro has like this a widow's peak almost, or wants to have a widow's peak. No, it's like a reverse widow's peak. It it rises in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> it's and and it's like uh, an upside down smile. Like I don't know what this is worse than just having a natural hairline. Like this is like it was cut into this awful shape, which makes even less sense. Like it wasn't like he just you know didn't have time to get a haircut. It's like he got a haircut and he's like, yo, you know what? Give me a fucked up hairline. Like 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 uh, <laughs> give me the give me the weirdest lineup you can give me. You know? And the guy was like, fuck it. Like it went to supercuts. That shit looks like Windows ninety five. It looks like the top of the Windows ninety five. <laughs> Logo. <laughs> You're right. It does. It is the Windows 95 logo. It's, it's got that weird wave. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Like w- once he went up with this, and he's reading off a phone. Uh, his, oh. his speech. And you, you got to know that he looks like he's screen testing for Richard Roundtree, and it's like really bad. That's exactly what I. Thank you. Thank you oh. for saying that, Adam. No, That's no, no, where no. I was gonna go with it. He looks like he's screen testing for something. This, no. Yeah. No, I'll tell you what, you guys. What what he looks like, and I think Adam is half right. He looks like. If Richard Roundtree and Richard Pryor in the seventies, the two Richards were both morphed into one person. He looks part Richard Roundtree, part Richard Pryor, but it just didn't take. Something, something went wrong, and and he ended up with this look because it looks really bizarre. Yeah, he's trying to channel some type of you know late sixties, early seventies black revolutionary thing. It's just not quite working, man. It's it's not quite. Dude, he's got on these black. Uh, latex gloves looks like I don't even know what kind of gloves these are. Is that, is that like, supposed to be channeling yeah, channeling OJ? OJ with gloves, <laughs> with gloves that don't fit. Yeah, I, I don't he know must have, he, he must have quit. Yeah, he, look, he looks like he looks fucked up. He, George Floyd just fucking died. Are you serious? Look what he says. I want us to invest in black staff. Yeah. 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 
I'm proud to have an inclusion rider and all that good stuff, and I use my power to demand diversity, but it's time that studios and agencies, all the agencies, all these buildings that were standing in front of me, I wish you could be the same. So, so he's, in, he's in a Hollywood, and he's talking about <laughs> we need to get these studios to hire more black people. It's like, this is a fucking George Floyd protest. What are you talking about jobs? You have white people looking in those high-rise bitches looking down at niggers fired. <laughs> nigger out of here. You committed to a 55th agenda parity in 2020. Where is the challenge to commit to black hiring? Yeah. Black content led by black executives. Yeah. Uh, black consultants. Are you policing our storytelling as well? So let us bring our darkness to the light. I put that makes no sense. Bring our darkness to the light. What, what the fuck does that even mean? I don't even know what that means. Yeah, yeah but but can you imagine like at a Palestinian protest, you know, with Israel and Gaza, like somebody gets on the mic and is like, first off, we need better Muslim representation. We're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I feel like we're the only people who this is acceptable to. Like, like yes, we are the only people that do this. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're like our so-called leaders or whatever, like they get educated and they come back and it's like they go to the protest and just talk about like even the first even BLM 1.0, like wave one. Like it started out with Trayvon and Mike Brown and recall the mayor and all this stuff, and it ended with uh, it started with that, then it ended with Oscar so white. I'm like, how the fuck did this happen? How did this turn into getting millionaires' um, trophies? Like, like, and, and they use that as proof that you know, this is what we uh, what Mike Brown died for, even that new movie Origin. That's not oh. a perfect. That's not a perfect job fair black moment where uh, Isabel Wilkerson, the tenured, I think she's at Harvard or something, the, the the tenured academic has writer's block, and then Ava DuVernay has a scene in the movie where because it's based on this real woman who wrote this book cast, uh, where Trayvon Martin appears to her to celebrate her getting over her writer's block. I'm like Trayvon Martin, do you think it's nothing better to do as a ghost? He comes as a force ghost, and he basically died in sack and you know, was a human sacrifice for her to be able to finish writing her book and, you know, get to the point where she can get a movie made about her. And I'm like, yeah, job fair blacks that, are sick. That points out the whole back to the selfishness thing, right? Everything yeah. has got to be in service of me. It can't be in service of the greater good. So yeah, no. he died to help me sell books. Or even worse, what fits me is the greater good. So it's like both. It's like uh, what helps me and my tribe of people, you know, uh, the cosmic job fair is uh, the most divine justice that there is. You know, like uh, everything com- comes back to the the cosmic job fair is cosmic justice. Like, you know, so it's like Trayvon Martin is cheering her on because her getting that book deal done and the movie deal done is the greater good. Like now his, uh, his parents can sleep better or something. I don't know. Actually, th- th- this gets worse. He-, he keeps going. Hold on. Black culture, the sneakers, sports, comedic culture that you guys love so much. We've dealt with discrimination at every turn. Can you help fund black brands? Help for leaders, black organizations. A great agent doesn't have to be a great organizer, but a great agent could advocate for relationships with organizers. Will you support a nonprofit that's working to solve problems of our industry, that our industry created? All right, all right, pause it here because he, he said something yeah. very important, which I yes. think points out if you can't see this, I don't have to tell you who the crowd is. No, we, yeah, yeah, no, it ain't. <laughs> and that ain't on accident. Yeah, exactly. Right. Who's down there are the nonprofit people. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's I think the most interesting thing, and including with the topic that we're talking about tonight, like the most interesting thing about these people and this, this, uh, this begging that this this dude is doing is at the end of the day, these nonprofit people will still be in charge of all the things that he's talking about. He can't even imagine a world that doesn't include these nonprofit people as the financiers and the bosses. And it, it, it is littered in the text here. Oh, yeah, for sure. So like but, that, he's like, yeah. But, but, but he doesn't say unless I wonder too. like these white people, they have masks on and stuff. So I feel like he's saying this for the white Nonprofit people, but I'm not sure they're the same white people who are literally in the crowd. Like what I think is in the crowd, I think these are some Antifa type white people because their faces are covered up. But I think because he's black, they feel like okay, we should defer to the black person. So it's like 
they're cheering because they're like, okay, uh, I guess this is what black people want. <laughs> you know what I mean? But if it was a white person talking about white problems, like something they were mad about, and he came in and he said, okay, say it was Occupy Wall Street. Like these same people, if he, if he came up and he was like, I know you guys are sick of uh, wage disparity and the 1%, but you know what's really going to solve that? We need to get uh, Scarlett Johansson an Oscar this year. You know, people are like, what the fuck? Get out of here. Like, if, if a white, but I feel like a lot of times people are like, this is kind of fuckery, but I know I'm supposed to listen to black people. So I'm just going to nod along and whatever. You know, I wouldn't accept this for myself, but if these jigaboos want to do this, like, fuck it. You know, well, that's, that's the whole thing, right? It's not dangerous to them. Yeah, it's not dangerous to them. What do they care? Also, I hate this screen. I wish we could take a picture of this. He looks like he, he just looks like he's saying something so profound. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> but he also looks like he's about to be like, look at your job, sucker. That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. Uh, 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 anyways, we got to vote. It, 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 that's the next thing. That's the next thing he says. He he has, he has all this shit lib uh, checklist ready to go. Hey, we got to vote. Yeah. And everybody says it's a very easy thing to do. I hear it and I respect it. But voting has never been more important than it is today. But first, that's when we vote. We can't vote today, but we are. Actually, where are the black people in this protest? You guys are right, actually. But maybe some of these people are the nonprofits because there's, there's like no white people, <laughs> there's no black yeah. people in this. But no, 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 T. There's a sign that says "Black Lives Matter." We oh, are yeah. represented. They're there in spirit, and it's the L.A. It is like there's, there's no black people that, uh, in the city. You know what I'm saying? Depends on part of L.A. That's I was just about to say, yeah. damn sure ain't on Crenshaw and Slauson. That's for goddamn sure. But I mean, most black parts of LA, depending on traffic, are like a forty-five minute drive at least. Like, some, like, <laughs> like, 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 it, it isn't like something where like the black people are like hours away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, like, if you do it in the middle of Idaho or something, I, I can see the excuse. Oh yeah, we'd have black people for like you know, uh, hours in every direction or something. But this is like you know, freaking. Hey, you know what's interesting though? I'm trying to remember, bro. I don't. It's been a minute, man. But were there any protests in, in black neighborhoods? I don't think so. I think all of the protests were like in downtown L.A. and Orange downtown County areas of different cities and whatnot. But I, I don't recall them. Uh, remember that? Remember the the all the uh, looting happened at the uh, the Beverly Center, and then they right. was rioting. They were rioting in Huntington Beach. Remember that shit. There were protests that had black people at them, like they were yeah. uh, multiracial. But I don't remember they were actually in black areas. Like, like um, that, that that's a great question. Now that I'm saying it, though, I guess what would you be protesting in a black neighborhood for? So I didn't exactly. Really, not now that I'm exactly. saying that, but okay, how about rallies? Because this seems more like a rally than anything. Yeah. So y'all couldn't have a rally in a black neighborhood like Lamert Park or something, man. Come on, bro. You know what? No, you know what? It probably something did happen in Lamert Park. But it didn't have none of them niggas there, so it didn't get no coverage. You know what I'm saying? Because this this era was the 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 march and the you know for these type of people. You know, you seen that's when all the celebrities start stepping up, and because you know they were all like Adam said, they're dry begging. You know what I'm saying? So all the attention went to them. So I'm I'm sure there was something happening, in, you know, in Lamar Park or something like that. But it wasn't getting any coverage because that's where all the tangible stuff was being asked for. You know what I'm saying? That's where the tangible yeah. stuff was being talked about. All this shit talking about, what, can you let us get our dreams out? Nigga, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you, what? Oh my God, these I don't people even know what just, that means. Oh my God, these people are so narcissistic. It's, it's crazy. Uh, it, it, this is almost done. There's 30 seconds left. So, so let, me, let me just finish it. But this, this is peak job fair black uh, moment. Hold on. But what we're doing today will make our voices heard and values heard. We gotta keep doing it. We gotta keep agitating things. We can't be complacent. We can't let this moment just pass us by. We have to continue to put our foot on their necks. Yeah. Uh, I, I want you guys to think of the real audacity of this. Like, like, okay, like I work as a lawyer, right? Can you imagine if like some uh people who were blue collar or poor got killed by the cops or whatever, and I was like, I've got to give back. And then I just, you know, show up to a rally. I'm like, yo, can I get the mic? And then like I get the mic and I'm like, listen, man, this is fucking, I'm sick of this shit. And the first thing we gotta do, you have to call my boss and tell my boss to give me a promotion. <laughs> and and, and you know, it's like, it's like 
who does this? Uh, only Hollywood gets away with it, and people accept it. It's crazy. Like, but like, like picture, uh, you know, uh, you you can you work at the uh, at at the school, and you're like, yeah, you know, this wouldn't happen if the schools were better staffed with more black people. And this is my job. This is my supervisor. Call my supervisor at this number. <laughs> you know, right? They be looking at me like I was crazy. Yeah, he's pointing to the agencies. It's like you know, call these agents, put pressure on them to hire more black agents. Like you, you're like. Uh, begging for job promotion. At yeah, but you know why it works, insane. though? But yeah. this is the reason why it works. The reason why it works is because of celebrity worship. Yeah. So people see Michael B. Jordan, you know what I'm saying? They think about Black Panther and all that other stuff, and then we, we, we got to do that because that's Michael <laughs> B. Jordan. Killmonger. They think Killmonger, but he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a role. That's acting. Yeah, it's acting. You know what I'm saying? This is all an act. It's all a ruse. So at the end of the day, that's what they see. They see the person that they like in the movie that they watched. They don't know what the fuck the ends and yeah, outs. This was this was definitely T'Challa. This wasn't killed, Mark. Yeah, this, yeah, this was T'Challa. Yeah. <laughs> you dry bagging, boy. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the worst. Okay, it, it's almost done. It's like seventeen seconds. Let me just play the last seventeen seconds. It's just not here with you guys. It's all. I ain't up here for all the extra stuff, man. I just want to be here, be present, and um, and show you guys that I'm here with you. Yeah, so you know, I'm here with you guys, uh, talking for my for my job. And, and you know something? Like John Boyega gave a speech in um, London uh, at a London BLM rally, and a lot of the FBA, um, a lot of the FBA um, ADOS type people uh, really went in on John Boyega for years, and a lot of it was deserved. I'll give them that. He did say some weird stuff at different times or whatever, but. I will say, at least in his speech, he brought up George Floyd and, you know, um, Trayvon Martin and Sandra Bland and, you know, how we got to stop this. Like, at least he actually kind of remembered the topic. He didn't just show up and say, uh, hey, you know, we need to get a Finn sequel happening uh, for, 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 for Star <laughs> <Finn> Wars. <sequel. laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, we got to stop this injustice and we need Finn headlining a Star Wars movie to make it happen or something. All I would say is look at his hairline when he says those things, right? Yeah. Tariq has a point. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Tariq Nishida always brings up the hairline and it's, and it's true, man. Like you gotta, there's something to it. I think the craziest thing is like, it's not even just letting his natural hairline grow away. He came into a barbershop and said, listen, just give me, like Adam says, the window's 95. And dude was like, I got you. And he got you. Yeah. It, it's uh, crazy. But, um, we kind of have a topic, but we kind of don't because there's so many things that kind of fall under this topic. So the broader topic is just, uh, I will say, 2014, 2020, this is my thesis, was what I call the Great Awakening. Um, and I took that from an article. I can't remember which article it was. If you, if you search the Great Awakening, you probably find the article where it was. Like I can't credit myself for coming up with that, but I, I like it. Um, but the great awakening happened where you can just, sh if you had five digit Twitter following and up and any half baked, uh, Twitter thread of an idea, you can get a Netflix show or an HBO max show. Like they just, they were just giving them out like candy. Like, you know, you get like, uh, Hey, um, I have five digit followers on Twitter and I'm, I'm holding space for people. I'm, I'm in community with, um, marginalized people. And they just be like, listen, do you want six figures or seven? Here's the show. <laughs> like, like it was, it was just that crazy. And you know, people were like, "Well, um, what kind of ratings do you want on this show?" And like, ratings? No, this is a charity. Just make a show. You don't need to have eyeballs. Like, like you think it's a business? No, just make a show. Just get the message out there. Like, like it was just madness. And now we're in what I call the great correction. And some people like talk to me and they're like, "Hey, T." You say we're in some kind of great correction, but there's still some new shows coming out, you know, that fit the category, or there's still like some new deals happening where it's like a really it's an adaptation of some really weird woke um BLM type show. And what I say to that is these people developed no plan B, right? Like when it comes to like black stuff or whatever, the studios, like with most things, there's always been something new in the horizon. Like, you know, like there was hood movies in the two thousands. You know, then they had like, you know, all those black comedies like with Brian Hooks and um, Oh yeah, Three those Strikes. Friday, those yeah. Friday sequels. Yeah. Then it then it became the police brutality movie. Then it became like the black horror movie. 
Then it became like the Black Bougie show, like Harlem, Run the World, Insecure. Uh, you know, like like uh, all these shows that were just black for black for black suburban Negroes. Yeah, yeah, you know, black sex in the city type shows like yeah. Grand, Crew, Grand Crew, like you know, black yuppies and stuff. But the problem is this stuff. I don't think I'm wrong or we're wrong that it wiped that it wiped out and it's over. I think the problem is they didn't develop anything. It, it's kind of like having a major league team, but you have no. It's kind of like having a. NBA team, but you have no G League, you know what I mean, and, or no no minor league for baseball. Like, there's nothing groomed to take its place. So they kind of just have to, I think, air out what they already have. Oh, I'm sure they have so much stuff developed that they haven't even put it all out yet. There's, I mean, this, yeah, we're exactly. talking about a good seven, eight years of people just throwing out ideas. I mean, yeah, yeah, a lot of these shows are only doing one season, like The Bus Down and Lovecraft Country and all of these other shows, but. There's so much of it. What are they going to do with it? They got it's like a crap shot at this point. We got to just put it out there and see what happens. Yeah, you, know? you, you can't make all of it a tax write off. Like you right. know, you, you can't just make every single thing you had a tax write off. And some of it's been filmed already. Some of it hasn't been filmed, but you paid an eight figure option for it. You know, right. during during peak craziness. You know, when when you were at the peak of your meth of, of your meth uh, binge. You know, you you approved all this shit. And what are you going to do? The shareholders you get to say, hey, you know. Uh, about nine figures worth of options. We just kind of wrote it off as a tax write-off. Like you got to have something and just maybe something will hit, you know? So I think between clearing out the old shows and having to come up with an occasional new show here and there to fill in the gaps, you know, and have an announcement. But on top of that, the writer strike and the actor strike fucked up a lot of stuff. So that's like a whole bunch of months where they couldn't develop some thing new. Uh, so the writer strike fucked things up too. They don't have anything else in the tank yet to replace this stuff with. So it's running on fumes. But they're the first chance they get, they're canceling everything. And that's why I think um, you know, this this rap shit thing got canceled. Like Issa Rae has some kind of, I think, eight-figure contract. And she's, I think, three years into it out of five years. And this show is the only thing that she's produced. And she's doing better than a lot of people, because a lot of people who've been getting these deals have just been getting these big deals and just producing nothing. And the deals run out and nothing was produced. And part of it, I think, is that these people can't get the stuff. But part of it, I think, is these people get the deals and they don't deliver anything. But according to like a recent Issa Rae interview I saw, she was complaining about how, you know, black stories aren't getting told and it's hard to get things made. And she's considering going indie when her deal is done. So maybe think, okay, your your low output is probably because a lot of the shit that you're proposing. It's not it's not the great awakening anymore. They won't just let you put it on. They actually exactly. Want, That's they, my whole point. Yeah. They want some kind of return on this shit at this point. Like like they're tired of running a charity. The shareholders are getting sick of this shit. Uh, zero interest loans are done. Like like money's not cheap anymore. Uh, the old tech strategy that they were using of just getting market share at any cost, fuck profits. That's a wash. That's not happening anymore. So now they're actually expecting her to deliver uh, ratings and. She wasn't ready for that, I think. Brunch is over, everyone. Yeah. Hang <laughs> up the, the brunch, brunch boots. boots away. Yep. Yeah, put the brunch boots away. Over the hats, put the long, the three-fourths jackets up. It's over. Brunch is finished. Uh, yep. Yep. I, I think, yeah, I think the reason why they haven't made anything is because they can't. Right. Yeah, totally. So, like, uh, what, um, geez. So, Issa Rae had that show, Insecure, and she had that, uh, Who's that guy? TV guy. It's been in TV forever. Black dude hosted the Daily Show for a while. No, Larry Wilmore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Larry Wilmore. Larry Wilmore was helping Issa Rae with Insecure. My homie brought this up the other day, um, and that's why Insecure has this kind of feel, maybe. But her on her own is rap shit, and rap shit. It, there's there's no TV, there's no there there. And I think also, also I think he was in it for the whole the whole time through. Uh, I think he made that for like first season or two. I feel like I don't remember seeing his name later on. Yeah, just kind of like I think to kind of get it on its track. Right? Yeah, this is this is the show. This is kind of what we're going after. This is what the show means, right? Which are things when you look at rap shit, they never really answer. Like I don't know what that show's about. And if but I don't say problem. I say problem. Insecure. Insecure was clearly being made up as it went along. But I, I'm sorry, you were still talking. You no, no, no. I think there there was a there was a bit more kind of track to it than yeah rap shit where it's like it's clear there is no point here I don't I don't I don't I, 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 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I was going to say, I always felt like Insecure got kind of thrown off base when they wanted to kind of get rid of the the Lawrence character. I don't know if you guys remember that. Yeah, but totally. In the beginning, they wanted to get him out of there, period, for whatever reason. And then the there was a lot of fan outcry about keeping the guy in the show when that clearly didn't seem like it was planned. And then once that happened, you know, it just kind of threw the whole thing off track ever since that point. You know what I'm saying? I just thought that was always a weird thing. No, no I totally agree. But I feel like a problem with um, a lot of this stuff is these people just kind of aren't that interesting. Um, this is the big, bigger than the black stuff, right? Like, I feel like they kind of have this problem with men a lot of the time and they want to replace the men. But the problem is, they're not the kind of woman who's funny. So it fails. I, I use Barbie as an example. All these white women are crazy about Barbie and feeling like robbed. Like, you know, this is like up there with like, you know, the Turkish uh, genocide of the Armenians to, to these people. They're, they're like, this is an actual like hate crime that Margot Robbie didn't get nominated as Best Actress. But I watched Barbie over the weekend because it's like, I just got to see what these white women are just talking about because they sound insane right now. Like, they sound so unhinged. I never... um seeing white women like this and I've seen them pretty crazy and when I was watching it I'm like okay this is the reason why Ryan Gosling stole the movie because you're willing to make him look bad and looking bad is where the comedy comes from like being able to you know let the piss get taken out of you I think creates like really good comedy you know what I mean like and if you're not allowed to look really um, stupid like it doesn't really work. And I feel like Lawrence, as big a fuck up as he was, people can kind of relate to him and he felt like a real dude. You know what I mean? I think, Whereas, I think you're onto something with that. I think I think you're onto something when you brought it back to Lawrence. Yeah, I think that's exactly what. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, it's, it, no, it's fine. Like Issa Rae had these kind of fake flaws that were just, but they weren't like really flaws. Like, like she would do stuff like shit on their friends and do like a rap show about broken pussy and whatever but first off that's not even endearing like that's a that, that's a flaw that just makes you like what a bitch i don't want to be friends with her and then yeah. uh this is a problem that they do with all their characters that are self-inserts when no matter how flawed the characters are everybody forgives them right away you know so she says that stuff about a friend broken pussy can't keep a man their friend is fine with her at the end of the episode it's like no you, you can't just do shit like that and i feel like lawrence was able to look a little more pathetic in a way, like by being afraid to let themselves look uh, flawed because they, they want the character to get over. They end up having the opposite effect, where the character becomes unrelatable or un unlikable. Whereas, like Lawrence and his problems are, um, I think people can fuck with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think another thing is, <clears throat> at at some point in that show, they decided that they wanted to go, you know black girl version of sex in the city. And so, you know, having Lawrence in there as a, as a major part of the storyline just kept throwing that off because everybody kept wanting her to get back with the dude. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of, they were like, no, we don't want to do that. We want to do sex in the city, but you know, you still have people. What do you, what they call it? Shipping. Oh yeah. Shipping. That's not necessarily shipping, but yeah, but they already made a relationship. So that wouldn't count under that category, but you know what I'm trying to say, man. Like, but, they, but, yeah, they yeah. wanted them to be together. You know People what I'm saying? People either wanted them to be together or even worse, they thought he deserved better than her. So they wanted him on the show. Yeah. They wanted him on the show. They wanted him to get with somebody better. They're like, uh, oh, he can do better. Than, like, like they like him better than her. Unfortunately, that's, that's just... Yeah, uh, that was apparent early on. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Like, like his, his dating adventures at that tech company, uh, I only watched the first two seasons, but... Like, that was more fun to watch and more educational. Like, Issa Rae hanging out with Amanda Seals and and the big girl and just them, like, sniping at each other and being really annoying. Like, I'm like, I don't want to see these people. Like, like get back to Lawrence. I like Lawrence at the tech company, you know, and and seeing his misadventures with uh, dating that girl from the hood and the Indian girl, the tech company, and then the girl he ended up getting with before. Like, like that was way more... Uh, interesting i think the same thing with uh barbie and ken like like that yeah. i watched the barbie movie and it's like ken gets to be a real goofball and ryan gosling has fun with it and they play a little with barbie being goofy but at the end they gotta make her into um a woke self-insert like they just fuck it up and she's but, but that, that's a whole other uh story but one thing i will say one thing i differ with whoever said this on i don't know if it was adam or um Mario, I think rap 
shit actually has more of a point than um, Insecure. Because at least rap shit, they're trying to get put on with in the rap game. I mean, they handle it totally unrealistically. And, you know, they meander a lot. And it's, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel real at all. But at least there's some kind of goal. Whereas Insecure, I never knew what they were trying to... It was the what black the, version of... It, you know what Insecure was? It was a black version of Seinfeld. What did Seinfeld said the show was about? A show about nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was a show about nothing. Just a bunch of black people in it. Well, like, I, I guess let me rephrase. When I, when I say it's a show about nothing, I, I don't mean there's no goal, right? Like, I mean, there's kind of no theme. There's no... It doesn't say anything. Right. right? Like, yeah, it, yeah. like there's no... You know, is it That's a show true. about women empowerment? No. Is it a show about the uh, the perils of trying to make, trying to you know, uh, trying to live your dreams? No. Is it a is it a show about um, I don't know the the poor, being poor and trying to trying to make it out? No. It it, it it's none of these things. It's like it's nothing. No. no, no, no. It does have a theme. I I it came to me this morning on the train when I was thinking about it. I was trying to think like, what the hell did I just watch last night? And it came to me, the theme is being online, which is the worst theme ever. Like the whole show is about social media and being on social media all day long, except it doesn't realize it's a bad thing. Like like it has nothing interesting to say. So I'm starting to think maybe this is a low key genius move that they don't know that they did because honestly, The show is about social media and being online consistently, but I don't think their viewers understand that. I think no, it might have flew no, over their head. Mm, I don't oh, think they, they understand. I don't think they even understand it. They're just pandering. They made an accidental satire. I'm sorry, Adam. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you exactly hit the point. They don't know that they're doing that. In fact, it would be great if it was a commentary on uh, the difference between real life and, and social media, but yes. like they don't commit to it. And at a certain point, it just becomes this weird gimmick. Where they're they're like, all right, Instagram, and it, it doesn't really move anything along. So it's just like, yeah, we have this weird Instagram post, and then we have our real life, but we're not really saying anything about the difference. Right. Between- Either they don't realize it's a it's a bad way to live, or if they do realize it, the show is so afraid to not pander to people on social media that it will never criticize within the text uh, the lives that these people are living. Like it's trying so hard to get buzz from the type of people it's depicting that it will never dare. So it's like, it's depicting something and it's born from that something. Like, you know, you could tell that the people writing the show are people who are severely addicted to online, but there's nothing insightful at all to say about that something. You know, yeah, it says I'm, nothing. Yeah, I, I was thinking something too, though. Like, I think when they created the show, like, I really do believe, I don't, you know, it might sound crazy, but I really do believe that when they were creating the show, they really just surfed Twitter for some of the most popular black people in quote unquote black Twitter and just make characters out of those Twitter personalities. That's what it seems like. Oh because yeah. Totally. None of the people, none of the characters really have a lot of depth. You know what I'm saying? It just seems like who they are in the show is who someone would imagine that they are when they're online. Cause you know, people do this all the time. They get online, they create these personalities and they start believing that's who they really are until I mean, one day they get exposed because they flew somebody out and then someone does a long thread about how dirty they are and they got roaches and yeah. then we're like oh okay you know what the fuck um adam um saw uh up until the second season he didn't finish the second season uh but he saw up until the second season the first night i watched the first two episodes and then i was like uh adam is a psycho like how the hell did he make it through <laughs> to the second to the second season but then the show stuck with me, like not in a good way, but I'm like, I just got to see if there's more to the show, but it's so painful. But I just got to know, does it get better? There's no way to stay this bad. But when I watched the remaining episodes, I watched it while doing work for uh, my day job. And when I did it that way, I started realizing, okay, my mistake the first time I was watching it with undivided attention, like it was a real show with something to say. Mm-hmm. And if you watch it like that, it's totally painful. But it's what I call a second screen show. If yes. You have any type of second screen showing, then you can watch it. And suddenly, I was able to uh, make it to the second season, first episode, very easily. Because I was just doing something else. I had two screens open. I put I put it on one screen. Like, like my computer has two screens. I opened HBO Max, and I made one screen the show. And the left screen was uh, my work. And... 
I'm like, this show, you have to have a second, it's second screen viewing. You have to have well, a you gotta remember that the people that are fans of this, that's the way they watch TV too. They're on Twitter at the same time as they're not tweeting about the show, but they're on Twitter, on Facebook, on whatever they use Instagram while the show is playing. So they're hearing it, but mm, they're not they digesting be, it. They might be live tweeting it too. Some people do do that. Some people do do that. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. On Reddit so, or something no, like that. Cause there's no mention of rap shit on Twitter. Until it got canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm tweeting it. I don't think they were doing a great job. All right, y'all. So that is the end of part one. Go to, again, patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks or click the link in the show notes to get part two. Be good.